The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. It's been one week, but it feels like a long time, doesn't it? It does. It's it's you feel out of sync, and you feel yeah. like you forgot everything that you're meant to do. Well, you say you say like forgetting everything you're meant to do. I, I haven't actually forgotten something here. I genuinely don't think I know how. To, I, I've figured it out. But this week for this show, it was the way round, wasn't it, with regards to us arriving on time? Because yes, that's it. That's it. That's because of the week off. I wasn't prepared, and time got away from me. I had to run around like a blue ass fly. Right, because the little clock that says you go live in it was down to three minutes, and I was sat in the studio on my own, thinking, <laughs> "Ah, <laughs> shit!" And I started thinking, "Right, okay, how do I play the intro? How do I do this? How do I do?" This? <laughs> I assume, and I'm just going to check now. I'm assuming you messaged me to say. Where the fuck are you? Yeah, you did, essentially. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Like, oh, like, <laughs> bricking yourself. I was just like, like, he'll be here in a minute. He'll be here in a minute. It means three minutes left. Oh, my word. You know? <laughs> I didn't let you down. You did not, mate. You did not. I had faith in you. Of course I did. Of course I did. Uh, yes, sickness took us last Monday, didn't it, Magsy? I was under the weather. I messaged you to say, I'm oh, much postponed, mate. I feel like shite. And you messaged me back, basically saying that you were dying. Pretty much. I, I said, literally said the same. The absolute same. Uh, yeah, uh, COVID, yet again, has just ruined me. And uh, I've had one of the family members catches a cold. That means ah instantly get the cold and i get it worse than they do so yeah it's just been a a rough shitty couple of weeks in terms of health mm. but we struggle on i weren't missing the christmas episode for loving the money the christmas well i see you say that the christmas episode but we're not okay the non-wrestling topic is is christmas based i guess but it's not like we've really made an effort for christmas this year is it i think it's because it's exactly a week before Christmas, so yeah. our our episode would have fell on Christmas Day. Yeah. So you don't get that kind of build up to to it being in the Christmas week. So yeah, mm. this is true. This is true. You got to work between Christmas and New Year, magazine It's permanent. Yeah, all the time. Uh, so you? Yeah, I got. Going. Are you on a shutdown? Well, every other place I've worked at, that's like manufacturing based or anything like that, has a shutdown. This place don't. Yeah. 
because I'm, <laughs> I'm the new guy, everyone else has got it booked off. So I've basically got to go in on my freaking Todd for three days to, to run whatever they want me to run. And I'm thinking, that sucks ass. I don't want to do that. Is, is it no double or like no. time and a half? Is it bollocks? <laughs> no. Merry Christmas, one and all. There you go. I've already booked it off next year, though. Haha. <laughs> Started getting ahead of everyone. Indeed, mate. Well, to be fair, the guy I work with, that there's two of us in our section, and then there's like my boss above that, and then his boss above that, and they're the four guys I have the most dealings with. Um, but the two that work in my section, the, the other guy, he's retiring in April. So yeah, I, I think you've mentioned it before. Yeah, so I, I've booked it off. So whoever that replaces him is going to have to work it. Tough shit, really. <laughs> I ain't doing it next year. I ain't. I don't want it. I hope they get a 10 pin, <laughs> they get a ten pin over Christmas next year. And, and you just have a stockpile of work to catch up on. <laughs> well, my, my holiday's already been approved, mate. And I've booked a couple of days off the other side of it as well. So rather than going back on the second, I've got a couple of days off that side instead. So, And the kids are still off that week as well. So that, that'll work out well, all right. Too. Indeed, mate. Indeed. But we should we should crack on, I feel, because we've got wrestling to talk about, our non-wrestling topic to talk about. We have, of course, got to throw a couple of things into the Chain Wrestling Hall of Fame, which I'm looking forward to, because yes, this do. week, a little bit of a spoiler alert, I've picked my first actual wrestler to go into the Wrestling Hall of Fame. <laughs> wow. So you run out of you run out of other ideas and thought, I'm gonna have to start going going like a traditional hall of fame now yeah i had a couple of other ideas but we'll, we'll get to that shortly we'll get to that shortly but anyway i don't want a lot for christmas there is just one thing i need i don't care about the presents underneath the christmas tree i just want you for my own Good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Max and Sai and SJP World Media Production, episode 141, I think. I am Sai, and with me, as always, is the victory road to my backlog of editing. It's a shitload. See? And that's clever, Maxi. That was good, wasn't it? You having that one? <laughs> Awful. Shut the bad at all, you. The six-sided ring to my showing because Velvet Sky was on this. <laughs> Did you say that was terrible? But you've laughed at me. That was amazing. <laughs> wow. Uh, Look at you, Gar, Garfelgar. There we go, mate. Uh, uh, you know, trendsetters they were. It was 1992, and they were streaming from their basement. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got. A terrible throw. Do you want <laughs> this episode to be full of me coughing? No. Isn't Don't start being funny now. 
Uh, <laughs> after 140 episodes, don't you dare find your funny name. A podcaster who I hope is feeling better. The podfather himself, Lord Mags. And he's coughing his guts up already. Oh, dear me. You started me off. You made me laugh. I'm going to cough. Uh, yeah, aside from the being ill, yeah, it's been a, a jolly fan couple of weeks in the Mags household. I'm hoping we're going to get some Christmassy weather soon, though, because it's been a bit a bit grim in terms of weather. But, yeah, everything's pandemic-dozy. Snow, Magsy, you a fan of snow? I don't mind it. Um... I like it when it's fresh, but when it gets like trodden in and it's all slipping out, then then it's mm. a bit shitty. But yeah, snow. Yeah, I don't mind snow. Yeah, I've been told that if it snows, well, I say I've been told it's actually in my contract, mate. If it snows whilst I'm at work, and they have to send us home, we get paid. And so, that will never ever happen. I, well, happen the reason the reason it's been put in is because it has happened in the past, and everyone was having an iron whether they could go home or not. So now it's been put into people's contracts. So I'm thinking, mm, I fancy a bit of that. Snow day, I fancy the snow day. Even though I only live twenty minutes away, I can't get in. I just can't. <laughs> I think you've got to get in to qualify for the day's pay, though. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll get home okay, but getting back, is the, the snow here, the, the way the wind blows off the hill, is very tricky in one direction. That's all it is. You okay, know? Well, so, like, like uh, Nile, Zane, and Harry. What's that? Oh, one direction. That was terrible. <laughs> As were they. <laughs> Maxie, we're going to be a bit thin on the ground in the chat today, I feel. Yeah, we've got a lot of scarvers this week. How dare other podcasts oh, book our audience? Absolutely. Cheeky. Bastards cheeky bastards when we've done them a solid yeah when we've done them a solid and we've gone back on their pub quiz for a second time which comes out as we record this live tonight it comes out tomorrow if you're listening to the audio version later in the week it would have come out already morty and fitch podcast last tuesday we've done them a solid jumped on their show to bump their ratings up again for them yeah because we're a draw obviously we're we're a fucking draw Mm -hmm. exactly well we're not that much of a draw because our half of our audience is fucked up to do a pub quiz. <laughs> On the plus side, it does mean that the uh, podcast numbers will be up quite a bit this week. Because what I've noticed, yeah. yeah, what I've noticed is you know numbers and that don't. It's not obsessive, but it's always interesting just having a little look, isn't it? And what I've noticed is since we've been doing the live shows at half eight, the numbers have split virtually fifty fifty for the podcast okay. and the live, which is quite interesting. I d- again, it's just something or nothing, really, oh, but it's just before, interesting to see. Before that, was the, the podcast listens higher than the YouTubes? Uh, yeah, normally. Okay. That's normally. Some weeks would be different. Some weeks, you know, going to half eight is split virtually 50-50. Okay, I, <laughs> I don't know why that is, but there we go. It's Probably it's more like. accessible due to time, especially when mm. we go long. Well, this is it. This is it. And also... People watching the show after we've been live, so going back and watching it on YouTube after the case, which is fascinating to me because I, I, me personally, I, I, it sounds silly saying this because we're on our own live broadcast now. I prefer the audio version because then I've tinkered around a bit and put all the music and the sound effects in and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But people go back and watch it on YouTube later in the week, which I find quite interesting as well. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose if if you're at work and you've got and you're at a computer, you can have it on like as background audio. Yeah, so yeah there is true. that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're on the go, the podcast version would be ideal. So yeah, it's, mm. it's interesting that we we get pretty much the same views as we do listens. So yeah, mm. it's uh, cool that. Yeah, and it's available on all platforms. It is indeed, mate. It is indeed. Uh, I burnt my mouth earlier, Max. Right there. What are you for? What are you laughing at now? What did you burn it on? Some uh, noodly woogles? No, 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 no. Have you ever seen these, um, like, they're sort of like breaded chicken balls, but they've got sauce in the middle? Have you ever seen these? Uh, like Kiev's. Yeah, but bigger. They're probably about the size of a golf ball. Kiev's are bigger than a golf ball. No, like uh, mini Kievs. Well, yeah, no, you got mini Kievs, but then you get proper big Kievs as well. But these are like, yeah, they're like the size of a golf ball, and you can buy them. Like a Scotch egg. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, but it's chicken. (laughs) (laughs) With sauce in the middle instead of an egg. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, egg technically is chicken. It is. This is true. But you wouldn't have that. Would would you have? uh, Would you have egg inside a chicken ball? That'd be weird, wouldn't it? That would be weird. Yeah. But anyway, they do they do like barbecue sauce in them. They do sweet and sour sauce in them. And I, I, as I mentioned on the show the other week, I did the food shop most recently when I was, shall we say, under the influence. <laughs> and, and, these, and these things, I saw these things on the Iceland shop and I was like, oh, look at that. Chip shop curry sauce flavor inside a chicken ball. And I thought that sounds banging. I mean, don't get me wrong. The moment I it arrived, that I, right now. Oh yeah, yeah. But the moment I looked at it when it arrived, literally everyone in the house, even Liv, who's really keen on this sort of stuff, was just basically yeah. going, "Yeah, what is that? What is? Yeah. Well, I had some tonight, no. and they were okay. They weren't as good as I was hoping. They were okay, but the sauce is like fucking lava, mate. It is like, oh my no god, air to, to let the the temperature out. And so naturally, I grabbed the whole one and just chucked it straight in my gut. Why not? Why, why test in case they boil it up? Just wing it. Yeah. Bit it. And all the sauce came out and went like that corner bit in my mouth just there where there's just not, there's not really. It's, it's burnt the hair away. Shit. Oh my God. It is so sore, mate. It is so sore. It's going to look like the wife's hit me or something tomorrow when it like comes out red, you know? You are a fucking idiot. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, we do have a couple of comments from people joining us in the chat. Shall we scan through and then get on with our first uh, our first segment, Max? Yes, we shall. So first we have Connor uh, trying to abuse uh, the fact that I read all the comments out. Uh, but I'll do it since it's Christmas. He has put, ah, Lord Mags, this is definitely not me who's put this. Just, just putting that out there. Our Lord Mags declare that on this day, December 18th, in the year of our Lord, 2023, that your 2023 MLS Cup champions, Columbus Crew, is, I think he meant are, the greatest team the world has ever seen. So again, I don't agree with that statement. I'm just reading it as Connor wrote it. But Connor, thanks for your uh, comment and glad to see you. Uh, next, one of the toss pots who's ditched us to go on some other fuckers' <laughs> podcast. So do you know what? I'm putting stupidly agreed to do a pub quiz with a couple of cunts. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Whose names round with 40 and Mitch. But I will catch the audio. Merry Christmas, CWF. 
Fuck you, Dan Griffin. I hope you have a <laughs> shitty Christmas. I hope you get the shits on Christmas Day. I hope you get the shits. And a happy and new year. And he has to eat his Christmas dinner with one of those trays that you have when you have your breakfast in bed, balanced on his lap on the toilet because he can't get up. I hope he's actually around the table and all his family there and they're all pulling crackers and having a good time and then he shits himself. <laughs> that, that proper dirty river shits himself. Like, like that mud slide. Like that scene in The Inbetweeners where Will's in the exam. And he's, Phil, oh, Phil. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. And then his whole I family just like safe. his whole family just start going what or because yeah. of the smell. It causes a family guy type of sickathon where everyone's just throwing up all over. Yeah, there's just fucking turkey but, uh, spikes well, and vomit. Love you, love you, Dan. Hope you do have a <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Twat. Um Sharon, the first lady of the CWF and the uh, SJP World Media says it's Monday now. You know what that means. We do. It means it means it's time for chain wrestling, Dan Griffin, and King's Pig's Bladders. Chain <laughs> wrestling. Shitheads. Um, Connor <laughs> is back again God. saying, hello, you handsome blokes. And Sharon says, I probably have punched you in your sleep. <laughs> probably. Well, yeah. I, 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 we've established before that I snore, right? And I snore more if I've had a few beers, but I do snore, okay? Um if I sleep on this side, which is facing away from the wife, my snoring's not it. as well, it's not as bad, and I'm snoring in a different direction to where she is. So it's like the, the most preferred option, right? I woke up the other day and my neck and my shoulder are absolutely caning. And I twigged this because every night now I go to bed that way <laughs> to make sure I try not to disturb her that I've just hurt myself. <laughs> wow. See the things you do for love, though. I know. And she's 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 put. I probably have punched you in your sleep. One time, Mrs. Mags has kicked and punched me black and blue whilst in asleep. And then another time, she um, she woke up and she was properly angry at me, and she couldn't remember why. Later in the day, after she blanked me all day, not spoke to me at all, she said, "I realised why I was mad at you." Because you did something in my dream. Brilliant. And I, I, in real life, got the cold shoulder all day because of that. So That's fantastic. Wives are twats as well. So not only griffins and pig bladders, <laughs> but also wives. <laughs> uh, Sharon is loving the fact that I wish Dan Griffin brown underpants for, for Christmas. And Sharon says, that's a lie. I make you face that way so you don't snow in my face. Oh, okay. I thought it was because I was well. Yeah, I'm snoring away from you. That's that's what I said, wasn't it? So, do you do you regularly fall asleep after Sharon? It depends. Normally in the week, I'm in I bed mean, first. When you're not pissed, obviously. When yeah. you're pissed, you're gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Normally in the week, I'm in bed first because I'm up early for work. Look, so, um, and then. At the weekend, it depends really. Uh, on a, on a Friday and a Saturday this weekend, I was up later than Sha. But then, if there's NFL on, like if, especially if the Cowboys are playing and they're the half past one in the morning kickoff, Sharon will step and watch football. I normally go to bed before her. Then you see. So, but yeah, normally during the week I'm in bed before Sharon is. Yeah. Okay. So, does Sharon talk in her sleep? She has done, not for a long time, but she has done in the past. Oh, I I've had full blown conversations with with Lorraine, Mrs. Bags. 
Have you? Like, I can <laughs> I can reply to what she says, and she will reply back, and then I've no memory of it in in the middle of the night. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, again, wife's a twat. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, the, the chat all caught up. I end up having a battle with cats as well. In, in the winter, especially in the summer, they're, they're out and about, and they? they don't care, you know. Um, but in the winter, it, it's shocking. Mean, you know, the psycho cat that we talk about, Coco, the little mm-hmm. one, who's actually the mum of some of the others, and you know, she's got this collection of dead mice butts down the alleyway and all that sort of stuff. She has decided that she is going to be super cute and lovely and nice and be really cuddly to Sharon at bedtimes. So she's like climbing up on Sharon's chest. She'll got to sleep on her neck and she's proper cuddly and all that. And then we've got Ozzy, the old boy. He gets into bed with Sharon on one side. And then Lemmy, the ginger knobhead, he gets to sleep elsewhere in the bed. I end up, ah, Sharon in the chat, it's the only pussy he gets in bed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fucking hell. But I end up with like, I mean, our bed's, it's not a double, it's wider than that. But our bed, I end up with like. Queen. Yeah, so I think so. Um, I end up with like a fucking. I mean, I'm amazed somebody as fat as me can fit into the space that I'm given. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I have to balance on the edge of the bed whilst yeah. Lorraine starfishes. Yeah. Oh no, this this thing. Sharon doesn't starfish, but she lies in a funny way to make room for the cats on the other side of her. Right, but the cats won't move, mate. They're, they're, they just so they're, they're, they're dead. They just go human dead. Human in a tiny gap. Human in a tiny gap. Cats with three quarters of a bed. Yeah, and then Sharon can't move because she's got another cat actually on her normally as oh, well. fuck that. But she loves it, mate. She loves it. Well, you know? she's not wired. Uh, she does say that we don't talk about the Cowboys this week, and that's because they got absolutely pecker-slapped by uh, the <laughs> Buffalo Bills yesterday. <laughs> Is that what you were Googling just then? Yeah. Well, I saw you looking at your screen. <laughs> The absolute sacks of shit. You are really spicy this evening, aren't you? <laughs> I'm, it's because you're getting a good break over Christmas and New Year. So I'm going to get all the, the venom out tonight so you remember how bad I am. <laughs> Dear me. Okay. <laughs> oh, Magsy, shall we try and be a bit more positive, though? No, we shan't. <laughs> I was thinking we should chuck some stuff into the Hall of Fame, that was all. Okay, then. Seeing as it's Christmas. <laughs> Sharon in the chat. That was fucking brilliant. <laughs> Are you seriously trying to piss off one of your viewers? The 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 irony is we get the viewer marker in the corner, and that's genuinely fifty percent of the people yeah. viewing this live. So sorry, Sharon. Fuck yeah. the Buffalo Bills. Don't no, go, Sharon. <laughs> the Super Bowl this year as well is like the night before my birthday, so that's gonna be quite interesting. Oh, so so she's not going to celebrate your birthday. It's going to be. Happy Super Bowl! Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Trust that. Watch Super Bowl, of course. But yeah, you know, I think I I don't follow it intently, but I, I, you know, Sharon's into it, so I, so I'm interested because you know my wife loves it. She loves Cowboys and all that. But the Cowboys are doing really well, so well, it'd be nice well, if they yes. made the Super Bowl. You know, yeah, because they are the well. Sorry, they are America's team, aren't they? As well, that's what they call. Yeah, apparently, apparently, Dolly Parton sang. 
on their halftime show the other week. Did you see this? Wow, no. She had all the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders out in front of her doing like a routine, and she sang nine to five and a couple of others of her big hits. Is that and the win she- record? No, no, <laughs> but she had like these tiny little shorts on, this tiny little crop top on. Uh, you know, oh, I'm looking at, I'm looking at, I'm thinking, I think she's pretty much the same age as my nan. No, that's not, no, no, my, my, no, my nan is older. That's, that's harsh, but she's, she's in her 70s, isn't she, Dolly Parton? Isn't she like 77? She, um, does, could your nan breastfeed a crash? What? <laughs> Like Dolly Parton, like, yeah, this is a, true. She's this blessed, is true. isn't she? But again, well, Jesus, she's blessed with money to pay for them. Well, yeah, <laughs> anyway, Maxie, enough about Jolly, Jolly. <laughs> well, jolly. She's very jolly. She's very happy. Um, dolly Parton's boobs. Uh, what you're throwing into the Hall of Fame this week, mate? Oh, this week um, is a, a simple one for me. Um, I should have really put it in way before now, uh, but. Think about the Dudley Boys, the Usos, the Heart Foundation, Demolition, Legion of Doom, Edge and Christian, the Hardest, the New Age Outlaws, tag teams. Mm-hmm. Some of the best tag teams in, in the history of the business. And I fucking love tag team wrestling. I think it's um, it's one of the, the the art forms of wrestling that you don't necessarily need a storyline or a feud going on for a tag team to be able to tell a brilliant story in the ring. Uh, from the 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 face in peril, uh, the heels dominating, the hot tag, the crowd going wild, uh, tag team manoeuvres. Um, keeping the referee distracted tag team wrestling can give you everything that you need in a wrestling match i absolutely uh, i've loved tag team wrestling since uh, the day i got into wrestling with the with the the legion of doom um and it hurts when you see that wwe kind of overlook their tag team division uh we've, they've always gone through periods where tag teams were an afterthought and vince had the mindset of why I pay four people when I can just pay for two. Uh, but for me, tag team wrestling will will always have a massive soft spot in my heart. So I'm I'm more than happy to put tag team wrestling into the Hall of Fame. So for me this week, it's the art of tag team wrestling. Yeah, and I think it is definitely an art. The way you describe well, pro wrestling to me is an art anyway. But tag team wrestling done properly. You know, the timing of the hot tags, the timing of teasing the hot tags, the baby faces <laughs> getting worked on, you know, cutting off the ring, as Arn and Tuddy used to quite famously say, you know, yeah. they were experts at it and so on, you know. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And it is such a, a, a different way of doing things. And I think such an important part of pro wrestling uh, for, for so long. I mean, you mentioned there the WWE not taking it seriously. It's ironic, really, because so many of their pay-per-views back in the golden era, were headlined by tag team matches. The first WrestleMania was a tag team match. Yeah. You know, SummerSlam 88 and 89 were tag matches. They were the main and events ha- there. How many of their biggest storylines have involved wrestlers that they've put together as tag teams? Mm. I mean, Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels thrown together as tag teams. 
Undertaker, yep. Kane, thrown as tag teams. Uh, Hogan and Macho Man, thrown together as a tag team. It's mm. it's just such a beautiful way of presenting a wrestling uh, product. I absolutely adore it. Yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I absolutely love it. Uh, and again, we see uh, you know. I wouldn't say a, a revival of tag wrestling. So it hasn't really gone away. There's always been places to find it, I guess. TNA had a good tag team scene for a while. Ring of Honor had a good tag team scene for a while. But you see teams like some of the teams in New Japan, um, some of the teams in the 90s in all Japan, uh, and so on. And then on the Indies as well, like the, the Bucks and mostly Machine Guns coming through TNA and so on. There's always been, even, even when it's been thin on the ground, you could still find great tag team wrestling somewhere. And it always is so exciting and sets it apart from everything else. So yeah, I completely agree with you, Maxi. Great shape for tag team wrestling. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, somebody who I don't agree with very quickly. I do need to bring this up is our young friend Connor in the chat here. He says, uh, the Cowboys haven't been relevant since the mid to late nineties. And, and then he lists some players that played for them there. Um, and I'm thinking, why Why even do you need to say Pork this? the bear. Yeah, why pork the bear, why? Connor? My, wife, my yeah. wife adores Dallas Cowboys, loves her NFL, in the same way that you adore Columbus Crew and love your MLS. I mean, you mentioned in yeah. your next comment that you think they won two Super Bowls in that time. Columbus Brew only won one title, but we'll move on from that. Um, you know, it's the same sort of fanatical, you know, adoration, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, stop being so look, rude and naughty. Connor. Just because you don't support a winning team or a team that wins a lot of trophies doesn't mean you can't have love for him. I mean, Burnley don't win that many trophies. Gloucester City never, ever, ever won any trophies ever, but you still have the love for him, don't you? <laughs> Did you have to say ever that many times? I mean, they've ne- their trophy cabinet is very Tottenham-like, isn't it? Mm, yeah. There's a lot I, of uh, participation trophies. In. I, I don't know what happened to to it, to be fair, because obviously it was in the old clubhouse, and then it got hit with the floods. And, and there were trophies in there. Because there was no ballast inside it, it just floated away. Yeah, there's no weight. Down there's, the no, <laughs> there's no weight in it. It's just, it's just wooden glass. <laughs> Uh, my entrant into the chain wrestling hall of fame this week um it's funny because my initial selection was going to be inspired by the match that we watched and my actual selection has ended up being inspired by the match we watched but my initial selection was going to be a moment in wrestling and as soon as this popped in my head i thought it's so iconic and it gets replayed all the time the mick foley getting thrown off the top of the cell by the undertaker I think is worthy of a spot in our Hall of Fame because it is such an incredible moment. It's a great match and so on. But as soon as I started thinking about the match that we watched today for this for this recording, I couldn't get past Kurt Angle and just how good this guy was. In an era where the likes of Austin, Triple H, The Undertaker, Brock Lesnar and so on were on top in WWE, he would sometimes work on top, he would sometimes work lower down the card. I mean, it sounds silly to say, but, but in some ways he almost goes under the radar at times. When you look at, you know, the, the top, top guys from that era of WWE that he was, you know, quite prominent in. Because Lesnar was coming to the fore and, and obviously Angle played a huge part in that. Stone Cold was still around and, and was like, you know, the, you know, the invasion storyline and all that sort of stuff. But I think when you look through Kurt's career, he just got it. From the moment he walked into into the WWE, he just got it, and everything he did was just so good. 
I look at pro wrestling or the style of different pro wrestlers, and I don't want to you know be too specific with labels, but for the, for the nature of describing what I like about Angle, I suppose I have to be. You get guys who are, shall we say, more technically mat-based, and Kurt Angle, uh, sorry, Bret Hart pops into my mind when I say about that, someone who wrestles in that sort of style. We get people who are obviously a lot more, you know, they're... they're the more aerial style, especially nowadays, you know, Lucha Libre and all that sort of stuff. We were familiar with. We get guys who are more brawling style and so on. And then we get guys who are, you know, do their best work as a heel. Some guys do their best work as a babyface. Some guys are known predominantly as tag team wrestlers. Some guys win mid card titles and never rise up to the main event picture and so on. Kurt could do all of it. Kurt could brawl with Austin. Kurt could wrestle with the likes of Benoit. Kurt had some of the greatest matches I've ever seen with Shawn Michaels, who again, I suppose comes under an all rounder like Kurt was himself, I guess. And on top of that, he could work babyface and be believable. He could work heel and you genuinely hated the guy. You know, he had some fantastic tag team combinations when he was working with Benoit and so on and team angle and all that sort of stuff. It could wrestle big guys like Taker and Lesnar and Kane. And it'd be fantastic. And then you'd have Barnstormers against the likes of Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman on SmackDown on one occasion, the smaller cruiserweights. And then on top of that, the guy can talk. I think Shawn Michaels, as I keep saying, is my all-time favorite pro wrestler. Ric Flair's up there with him as well. And when I was on um, Badlands podcast with your good self, Magsy, and we uh, picked my Mike Rushmore, Angle was my third choice on there as, as one of my best of all time. I think you look at someone who can tick all the boxes. Sean is still my favorite, but Kurt's up there as I think one of the greatest to ever do this. And I mean, it's just such a shame that we never had him in WWE or in TNA as well, I guess drug free and fully fit for longer. I feel that the length of his career is maybe the only thing that hinders him with regards to being compared to some of the other greats in this business. But my entrant, just purely because of how much entertainment the guy has given me from a pure wrestling standpoint, not to mention even the great comedy work he's done. My entrant to the chain wrestling hall of fame this week is Kurt Angle. Yeah, you have absolutely nailed it. And uh, to be quite honest, I was contemplating my first wrestler to go into the hall of fame being Kurt Angle. Because for every for everything that you just said, he was someone who just from the minute he stepped into uh, a wrestling ring, he got the business. Mm. He he was just so consistently good. You can name dozens of amazing Kurt matches, but you can hardly name one that was bad. Yeah. The guy could wrestle any style. Uh, like I said, he, he he played the perfect heel, but not just the perfect heel in terms of comedy, but the perfect dickhead, horrible, evil heel. Mm-hmm. But then it, the, a week later, switch and be the, the most loved baby face. He was, he was just phenomenally, phenomenally good. And I think you're, you're right. He goes under the radar so much. Um, he should be a first ballot uh, Mount Rushmore entrant. He's just that damn good. So mm. it's a brilliant pick. Absolutely brilliant pick. Well, thank you very much. So those are your entrants into the Chain Wrestling Hall of Fame. This week, we have the art that is tag team wrestling, and we have the genius that is Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. Magsy, 
I suppose now uh, we should really... Well, we've got a comment from Sharon in the chat saying, fuck you, Mags. They're 10-4 in the playoffs. That's rude. I, I was just trying to to be comical in in the in the in light of the fact that you're so triggered by this, Sharon. So for you to keep being triggered is that's a reflection on you and not on me. Take it as the comedy that it's meant to be. Just like the the uh the cowboys are the laughing stock of N- NFL, we're the laughing stock of, of wrestling podcasts. <laughs> are we? <laughs> yeah, well, we're we're the skid mark on the underpants of wrestling podcasts. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, Okie doke. Um, shall we dive into our non-wrestling topic, Magsy? Let's go for it. NWT time. Oh, no wrestling talk here. It's the non-wrestling topic. Lovely. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Oh, lovely. Lovely. This week's non-wrestling topic. Did I come in on time then? Is my mic still muted? Has it gone all wrong? No, you're, you're absolutely fine. Well, as fine as, as to be expected. Excellent. Okay. This week's non-wrestling topic, well, last week's non-wrestling topic, I guess, uh, was simply this. What do you want for Christmas? And it can be as daft, as ludicrous, as broad as you may wish it to be. Um, We had quite a few responses dotted around the place again, uh, but I'm not sure if I've got them all, Magsy. So if I miss any, please make sure you let me know. I shall. And we shall go through them in the order they arrived into us, which is a bit of a lie because I screenshotted these in a different order. So we'll just see which way we go. Might end up being completely in order, Maxi, like last time. I hope so. Fingers crossed. Oh, we're already off by one, but we're not far off, mate, because I've got Brilliant. at Trey Butler we're starting with, which is the second one down on your little doofer there. He says, United to finish seventh. But the arse nosebleed, that is, isn't it? Being that high at the table. I mean, what a fucking come down. Do you remember when Man United were the best team in England? I, I do remember this, what yes. Seems like decades. Yes. They're not a big club anymore, are they? They're well, they are a big club still. They're a big club financially and with a fan base, but in terms of winning things, the mid table. We, we are crap. We are crap. With the with the plays you've got as well though. Jesus. That injury list is ridiculous as well, though. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what I blame Burnley going down on, their injury what, in- list. Okay. Was it bad, was it? No. Just being sarcastic? Yeah, just it's excuses. So you finished digging at the Columbus crew and the Cowboys, now you're going to have a pop at me, are you? Is that the way we're going? No, I'm Man United, not just... <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt Butler continues. Uh, Suella Braverman to choke to death? I don't know who that is. Yep. I agree. Uh, she's the home secretary who okay. hates, hates immigrants and uh, poor people. Right. Okay. So, and she's a prick. She's a full on. She, she's a Nazi. She's as simple and clear as that. She's an, she says things that Hitler said when he was going to invade Poland. Why? Okay. That's not even a joke. She literally called really? uh, immigrants uh, a swarm uh, and like vermin, yeah, she's a prick. Jeez. She's a genuinely is right wing. So yeah, um, I agree. Then 
<laughs> and Matt also says to receive a Mr. Frosty slush maker that works. I had one of those as a kid and they were badass. Yeah, like the proper little white like the white dude, yeah? Yeah, and you turn it and it, all the ass comes out of the middle. Didn't it cups. get clogged up though? My mate had one, it kept getting clogged up. It worked for about three weeks. Three yeah. weeks as well, yeah. Uh, they weren't exactly the, the highest quality production, but they were mm. cool. I don't yeah. know if I want one now. But, but you, you, look, all the local shops have them now, don't they? Yeah. I mean, literally, my corner shop has a, 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 a slushy machine. machine. Yeah. Yeah. Ours does as well. Ours but has it's a Costa as well. A Costa Does it? Oh, ours yeah. doesn't have Costa. You know, it, but you, you get a slushy and stuff. It's probably laced with cocaine, mind. You know, knowing our local shop. It's literally just sugar and flavoring and an ass. Yeah. Yeah. And Coke. Bad for you, but, yeah. <laughs> uh Chris Bellis at Real Chris Bellis on Twitter, he says, I'd say for everybody to be healthy and happy. But that's a cop out. I want an <laughs> Xbox Series X. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I I thought it was going the 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 magnanimous route by saying everyone to be healthy and happy, but no. Selfish old Chris Bellis is looking out for himself with, and he wants an Xbox. Good yeah. on you. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. You deserve one. Uh, a similar kind of vibe, I feel. We have at Pig's Bladders, the Photoshop wizard himself on Twitter here. He says, I'm a man of simple pleasures. There's not much I need or want, so I'd be happy with some much-needed help making Christmas dinner. Oh, and a PS5. <laughs> yeah. PS5's over Xbox all day long, uh, and good luck with your Christmas dinner. Um I don't know where he's got the photo of both me and you for that. Uh, that's quite worrying. Um, so are, are you all set for your Christmas dinner? Um, I, I Sharon does it, man. I don't know. <laughs> I peel we, stuff. I peel potatoes. I peel carrots, whatever she wants me to do. Like, but Yeah, we've decided on our Christmas day meats. And uh, we're having a beef joint a leg of lamb and turkey this year. Okay. We have chicken. Yeah, I, I remember you telling me it's, it's blasphemous. Why is it like, no bollocks. Why is no. it blasphemous? You're on your Christmas dinner. Eh? Next you'll be saying you have broccoli and cauliflower on your Christmas dinner. I would have if, if, if Sharon made that, but she doesn't. No. Well, does she have broccoli? I can't remember. But yeah, chicken, chicken's the best. It's good, yeah, it's that. Um, 364 days of the year. Right. Just not the one Christmas day. Well, no, but this is the thing. Roast dinners are banging. We all agree on that, don't we? Yeah, we all, we all love a roast dinner, yeah? Okay. We do. I love roast chicken. That's my favourite, right? So on the biggest roast dinner of the year, which is Christmas dinner, why would you choose a blander, less tasty alternative to what you actually like, just because it's apparently chicken. Fuck you, turkey. We're having chicken. But you have 364 other days to have that chicken. I don't have a roast every day. No, but I'm saying you have the potential for that. Right. So God, you one imagine day, your having a roast every day. It'd be worth it, though. It would. It would be Sharon, oh, Sharon, Sharon's roast, man. Fuck I mean, it, with man. Christmas so falling good. on a Monday this year, you mm. could potentially be having a Sunday roast on Christmas Eve and then your Christmas dinner. 
Oh, ah, no, no, because we have um, on Christmas Eve we have gammon. Sharon does um, like uh, gammon in the slow cooker and all this sort of stuff, and it's lush. And then on Boxing Day we have Boxing Day curry, made up of like the meats and stuff and the you know whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we could have a roast on the sun on the Sunday and then a Christmas dinner on the Monday this year. Wouldn't work out, mate. But that sounds good, gammon on, on oh, yeah. Christmas Eve. Yeah, she does well, man. She does well. Honestly, her roast dinners are banging. Her roast taters are fucking fantastic. I'm my mouth's watering now talking about it. Yeah, let's move on quickly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all the way from the other side of the world and Ramsey Street, we have Mr. Mangor at Mangor underscore Chris on Twitter. And he says, I'd like to wake up to Christmas 2017, at least before my family's health turned to shit. Oh, okay. I, I think that's agree. one that we can all agree on, though. When... Mm. Covid uh, and Brexit and the lack destroyed the world for us. Um, yeah, that would be a good to just turn the clock back a little bit. Yeah, without a doubt, mate. It's, I was thinking about it at work today, like, and it's just so much affected, wasn't it? Obviously, that goes without saying. It's, it's an obvious statement, isn't? It? Let's be honest. But when you really think about it, it, even like generations of kids spent certain formative years locked away in their bedrooms or locked away in their houses for like a, a a year, a year and a half, however long it was. And it's affecting people socially. It's affecting people's mental health. It's affecting yeah. people's immune system at work. Now today, there's barely anyone in today because so many people are phoned in sick and the HR department are literally going since COVID, no one's got an immune system. Yeah. Same. I, you know? I have never been this stickler in all of my life. Never been this sickler. It's horrific. Mm-hmm. COVID has has destroyed the world. Well, it's certainly destroyed uh, big parts of, of Britain uh, with how it's affected people. Like I said, not only just health, but mental-wise as well. And, yeah, it's uh, it's going to take a long time before we get over this. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, a man of very few words. But we love him for it. Mr. Jimmy Evans at Jimmy Evans for real on Twitter. He simply says he would like for Christmas Mortal Kombat for my Nintendo Switch. Yes, sir. I mean, that's more the most words he's ever put in a reply. Yeah. Uh, and we love him for it. So I hope Still you get straight to the point. I yeah. love it. I hope you get Mortal Kombat 1, Jimmy. Go and treat yourself. You deserve it. Mortal Kombat 1? Yeah. Well, as in the what? original. From the nineties, no, 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 no. It's a, it's um. So Mortal Kombat has has gone through a bit of a transition over the years. It's gone from being just a standard fighter to now a storyline based one, and uh, the current Mortal Kombat is split over different timelines. So this is a totally new timeline where all the characters have different backstories. So it's being called Mortal Kombat One. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, I remember the original Mortal Kombat. Because it was always Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, wasn't it? Because they're a similar kind of, you know, that sort of two-dimensional one guy fights another guy, one-on-one kind of the the energy bars at the top. And I loved Street Fighter. I I absolutely adored Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter Turbo, loved all those. Mortal Kombat, I didn't quite have the same love for because all the characters, it looked amazing. The graphics and so on for the time looked absolutely incredible. But all the characters basically did the same moves apart from their finishes. No, that's not true. They did. Not really. They did. They, they plus were... there was blood. Mortal Kombat had blood. Yeah, that was true. Yeah, the splashing unless off. You a, it unless you had a Super Nintendo, then it, they all had green goo. 
But yeah, Mortal Kombat finished. All the move sets were different. No, they, they was I the don't point. being that. Yeah, they were. No, I mean, all the punches were the same. The kicks were... It was just literally there when he goes, finish him, and then you rag his spine out of his arsehole or whatever. You're very much incorrect there, but let's agree to disagree. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Uh, Connor, at Connor Nose Fitty, says, I want to go on an adventure with the 11th Doctor and kick all kinds of Dalek, Cyberman, and Weeping Angel ass. And then he also says... It's hard to kick the ass of the Weeping Angels because... If you're looking at them, they're just statues. Yeah. You got. To, could you sneak up behind a weeping angel? You couldn't, could you? No. I mean, you, you, I suppose you could look at it and then circle around it. Oh, uh, yeah. Because really yeah, even if you're looking at the back of its head, it's still frozen, isn't it? Yeah. And then you can kick it in the ass. Or chalk it. Chalk, chalk it? That. Yeah, chalk that. <laughs> oh, choke. I thought you said chalk. As what in, that? Like, just what you put like, a black light on white <laughs> and then you could chalk it. Connor was here on the back of the angel's head. Or something. <laughs> Connor also says, "I would also like to fly a real TARDIS. I'd probably deck it and get stuck in the 1600s, but it's worth it." Okay, they're not really real though, Connor. So good luck they, with that. This I mean, is it's not. nice to have dreams, I suppose. It is. It is. Yes. Um. I imagine, though, Connor being on an adventure with the Doctor and fighting Daleks and Cybermen and Weeping Angels, I imagine he wouldn't last long, would he? No. He'd be the, a terrible Doctor's assistant. I mean, I'd be I'd be dead within minutes, you know? If I could be bothered to do anything, if I was in the TARDIS and they were like, oh, we've landed, let's go out and look, let's go and look out here, I'd be like, mm, no. I've seen enough of this to know Hit that that this never goes horrible. well. <laughs> Whatever's on the other side of that door is probably dangerous. I'm going to stay right here. They got a swimming pool in the TARDIS. They got a library. I'm going to be. Uh, they must have a bar somewhere. I'm going to be made up, mate. I'm. I'm saying. Cheers, Doc. But I'm a staying. Twenty-four here. pack of Carlin. I'll stay here. You come back. <laughs> I'll keep things on guard here inside yeah. the TARDIS. If the door's locked, just give me a couple of minutes, and <laughs> I'll. I'll add That's it. I am not going outside. Knock a little ashtray up to sit on K9 or whatever, and he can drive around and follow him. <laughs> You'd just ride him like a like an absolute pony. Just, well, I wouldn't even have to move I'm, him. I'm too massive to sit on K9, so I imagine I'd have to stand on his back like I was surfing. I think you know you'd, you'd sit like sit on him like bitch, wouldn't you? Where mm. both your legs are hanging over one side. Yeah, and like a side saddle. Yeah. <laughs> I'd ride K9 side saddle. <laughs> Uh, Max, I think that's all I've got. So have I missed any? I don't think so. I think you've picked up everyone. Uh, ah, unfortunately, it, it's the first time I, that I can remember that we don't have a Steve-O segment, which is a bit No, he did ask. I hope, he's, did ask. I hope he's doing well. Yeah, he messaged earlier on, actually, when I said about us going live tonight, and he said, uh, what was the non-wrestling topic? Um, but then we didn't hear off back off him. So um I don't he think probably he, hates Christmas. He probably does, mate. He probably does. Do you hate Christmas or do you like Christmas? Well, I've made my feelings on Christmas abundantly clear. I've just it doesn't interest me. Uh, I, I just don't get on with it. I suppose I like it for the the grandkids because right. their eyes are full of wonder, and I like uh, the present giving. But I don't wait for an arbitrary day to get 
stuff that I want. If I want something, I'll get it as and when I want it, rather than wait three months to to get it. So fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Okie doke. Shall we scan through the chat and see how much Connor pissed everyone off? Or can we not that go through what things that we want for Christmas? That's a bit rude. Oh yeah, go on then, Maxie. What do you want for Christmas? Well, there is there was one thing that I actually definitely was looking forward to getting this year and I just need to get the picture up one second this isn't um, going to be smutty is it no how dare you <laughs> so I wanted one of these it's called a PlayStation portal so essentially it's a a PlayStation 5 controller that has a, a screen in the middle so you don't need it to be watching your tv you can play it apparently on the go that doesn't look like a real thing it is a real thing yeah it looks like it looks like something that somebody's made up as a joke it doesn't look real i I get that but it is actually genuinely a real product so the thought behind me getting one of these was so if i were ever out or i'm on holiday or, or anything like that and i'm bored i can pick up pick this up and crack on with farming simulator or gran turismo or or whatever game i'm playing at that time and then i i when i was looking at that the the information behind it it only works over your home wi-fi so if you look oh. up there so there it says it only works over your home wi-fi so it's essentially if someone else is watching the tv you can still play on your playstation well that's no good to me because I've got multiple TVs. If people want to watch TV, they can fuck off into another room. <laughs> right. So the fact that you couldn't use it on the go was was useless to me. So this teased me, though. It's like I, I now what need to be able to play my PlayStation on the go. I need to be able to do it. Okay. So I, I, so I had a, a scout around, and I got this now compare is that? compare this little flimsy bit of plastic and it looks absolutely nothing like a playstation portal but when you add two little elements to it such as a phone that you have <laughs> a, pl- a playstation around. and a tv yeah <laughs> is it those what? two elements <laughs> no 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 so that little plastic holds together an actual PlayStation controller and a phone, and you can play your PlayStation through the the, uh, remote play app, and I can play this over Wi-Fi or I can play it over 5G, and it controls my PlayStation as I I sit here now. I can literally play it on, on this phone, and this little gadget cost me a tenner. Why? That PlayStation Portal is 200 quid. No way. Yeah. So for less than than the PlayStation Portal, I've got um um a machine that that has way more uh features than than the, the actual PlayStation one. So I got what I wanted for Christmas about 2 weeks ago. Yeah, I don't understand that. Oh, you can play this. It's portable, but you can't take it like your house. That's such a cop yeah. out. <laughs> That's ridiculous, isn't it? It's got it to is. be on your home Wi-Fi. You can take it to the garden, and that's it. Mm. Yeah, that's silly. So Sharon's put here, could you not just connect it to your mobile hotspot when you're out? Nope. 
it's got to be uh, on the same Wi-Fi network as your PlayStation would be on. That's insane, isn't it? Yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, man. Um, for me, I don't know. I always say to Sharon, like, I'm not that arsed, you know? If, if, if I've got a few beers to drink and something to listen to, I'm, I'm quite happy. Yeah. Christmas, for me, is, is always about other people. Hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of... But then something has popped up, and it's not something that anyone I know can have any control over. But I go to a music festival every year, Maxie, as you're fully aware, called Stone Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We got our tickets. Me and the lads got our tickets again this year, pretty much like the week after the festival finished last 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 year. So we got it for next year already. Um, it's already sold out, which is fantastic, because they've not even announced their headline band or anything like that yet. So it's already sold out, but again, it's such a fantastic atmosphere, so well run and so on. Uh, 5,000 tickets or whatever it is gone in a couple of months. You know, originally, I think they sold half their quota when they only had two or three bands announced, or rumours anyway of who was playing and so on. Fantastic, good good for them. Yeah. And then we've started hearing the rumours about ACDC touring. And there's a chance... ACDC will be playing Wembley Stadium, which is where they normally play when they come into this country because they don't do a whole tour anymore. They're too big. They play stadiums. There's a slight chance that ACDC might be playing Wembley Stadium the same weekend Stone Dead Festival is on. I will be devastated if I have to make that decision. So for Christmas, I would just like them to not, ACDC to not play the UK the weekend of Stone Dead because I will be heartbroken having to make that choice. Or if some Wembley tickets landed in your lap. What, for ACDC? Yeah. Yeah, well, I know nothing's been announced yet. So nothing's been announced yet. So so it's all rumour and innuendo at the moment. But it's AEW. uh, Full, not full. Yeah, Sharon just saying in the chat there, it's not going to happen. AEW is that we, AEW are playing Wembley that Sunday night. Oh, you'd bump. You'd so, AEW for ACDC, surely. Well, potentially, but they've already they've already got I the mean, place set up. They've, they've booked, aren't they? It don't matter. They've got a contract with Warner Brothers Discovery, and WWE is steaming in and getting rid of yeah, uh, that's true. AEW's yeah, that's TV true. Yeah. Um, ACDC had some bad news, didn't they, this week as well? Uh, yeah, the original drummer passed away. Yeah. But, I mean, he is somebody who would have been playing... Very, a long, long time ago, back in the the club days, as opposed to when yeah. they started really, yeah, got oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I, I, I wasn't familiar. Seeing with, it, I thought that's quite yeah. sad. I thought is it Colin yeah. Colin Burgess or something like that? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not familiar with the guy's name, so that shows how much what you give a shit. Well, no, no, no but Maxi, don't make me like that. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> uh, but then that's kind of it, really, mate. Um, I'll tell you what, I would like for Christmas actually to not have to fucking work it. Oh dear. Shall we scan through the chat to Nine Magazine and see how much Connor's pissed everyone off for? (laughs) Well, you say everyone, you mean just Sharon. Um yeah, yeah, because he's uh he's actually having a dig at you now. He's saying now that United is a small club currently looking down at them sitting in first place. Well, Arsenal are bottle jobs though. So hmm, let's see. Oh, I see. When he's United as a small club, currently looking down on them sitting in first. I didn't twig that he meant Arsenal. I was so confused yeah. by that comment. Yeah, because he's a he's a is what we would call a plastic, isn't it? 
He's okay. Like a fan of Arsenal because they're winning. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. I mean, he's, he's, he's had an Arsenal badge on his Twitter for quite a while, mind. But I mean, you say about um, United not being a not being a big club. I mean, you do realise football didn't start six, seven years ago, Connor, don't you? You can do a bit of research, mate. He was still no? playing hockey in those days. Right. <laughs> Sharon says, Connor, you can call United a lot of things, but one of the, these is most certainly not a small club. In terms of... That's true. Finances, they're what probably still the biggest club in the world uh, in terms of like uh, generating revenue. But yeah, our revenue, uh, I think it's only Real Madrid that create more than us revenue wise, isn't it? It's it's just they're having a bad time on the pitch, and uh, these things are are coming ebbs and flows, don't they? So it won't be long before Man United are back. In the in the upper echelon of the Premier League, well, obviously the I don't want to turn this into a football podcast. We have other people who are more than capable of covering it on the network and and do so very very well. But the issue we have is all that revenue is being generated by the club and will always be generated by the club because we are such a, a club of such a massive stature and history and so on. But it's just getting swallowed up by the debt that the Glaziers yeah. used to it's buy servicing the that debt. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's and, and they they're taking you know millions and millions of pounds out of that club every year to line their own pockets. Yeah, you know, I, on I top of the debts, so it's you know that, that's where the the big revenue is going. I saw that uh, Gary Lineker recently mentioned that the stadium is falling into disrepair yeah. as well. There's parts of the stadium that are that are getting to be dangerously um, um, unsafe. Yeah, but I haven't the, looked after. Yeah, and this is the biggest, or potentially one of the biggest cult, uh, clubs in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. And like I said, the money's servicing debt. So yeah, it's uh, some dark times. But as soon as they get rid of Glazers, I think you'll see a big shift in uh, Man United's fortunes on the pitch. I hope. In so. latter news, uh, Sharon says the bird is arriving on the twenty second. The the chicken is yes. arriving on. The... Do you get like a? A freshly delivered chicken for Christmas. No, me, um, me father-in-law, who's an absolute oh, diamond yeah. bloke. He, he normally gets the meat for us, like, and I mean, sometimes it, it's so big it doesn't quite get in the oven and shit. So <laughs> he, I he think doesn't, he doesn't tell you it's a chicken, that, but it's really a turkey. No, it's, it's definitely a chicken. <laughs> uh, Sharon says we have broccoli. I love it. Yes, well, you have broccoli on your Christmas. Yeah, I like broccoli. It's not traditional, though, is it? Is it not, not? Christmas dinner? No. No? Oh, okay. Same I like with cauliflower. I like, we don't have cauliflower. because I don't think Sharon likes cauliflower, but I do like cauliflower. Do you, like, do you have bread sauce, Magsy? Um, I'm not a huge fan of it. I prefer cranberry. Yeah, I mean, I have cranberry and bread sauce. I just I feel bread sauce is too stodgy. Mm. You already have a lot of carbs with the... Like, the potatoes mashed potato and roasted potatoes do you know what actually with, with bread sauce sharon always gets bread sauce for me at christmas always makes it and it's literally the one day of the year when i eat it and i think i, I don't even think about it until christmas rolls around again i go oh yeah bread sauce then when i'm eating it i'm like it's not that great is it but then next year comes around i'm like oh yeah bread sauce you know it's just on this constant 12 month loop with me yeah it's just it's it's the rose colored glasses same with pigs in mm. blankets pigs and blankets are good Mm, but yes. they're essentially sausage and bacon. Now, who hasn't ever eaten a sausage and bacon sandwich? It's exactly the same thing, but we make this big deal of pigs in blankets over at Christmas. I bought um, three boxes 
of frozen pigs and blankets on the food shop the other week. <laughs> Three. Yeah. <laughs> how, how many per box? Please say that. Six a box. There's like 12. There's <laughs> <laughs> 12 in a box. 36. Sausages yeah. wrapped in bacon. I, I've definitely got two, maybe three. Um, and also there's a couple of packs of frozen stuffing balls, which is ridiculous because Sharon makes her own stuffing. So, But Charlie, it, it's, honestly, this is crazy as well. When it comes to roast dinners and stuff like that, or Christmas, Charlie, if you gave her a bowl of stuffing, she'd be happy. That's yeah, her favourite. I, I, I adore stuffing. It's mm. so good. So with the, with the, uh, with the sausages, are you going to be... Uh, part of the plating up that one sausage for Liv and one for me, one for Charlie <laughs> and one for me. One no, for Sharon, there's not enough room. One for me. There's not enough room in our kitchen for more than one person, mate, to do that. It's <laughs> Sharon sorts that out. But I mean, I I don't I didn't buy these pigs and blankets for Christmas in mind. I just bought you them <laughs> pre Christmas. <laughs> you bought these as like a a sitting and watching wrestling snack, didn't you? Bowl yeah. of pigs and blankets that. <laughs> Yeah, Sharon, can you butter me a couple of slices of bread? Uh, well, this is it. I have a sausage sandwich on a Saturday night with a dog. So, <coughs> excuse me. That's amazing. Just you, just shoveling pawfuls of sausage <laughs> and bacon into your mouth. Please. Trying to avoid um, my curry burn in the corner of my my mouth. Uh, Connor <laughs> says I need to stop uh, shitting on United before uh, I get blocked by Sharon. And then says, I was told that we were going on an extended spring break on a Friday before the shutdown. Next thing I know, Monday, a stay-at-home order was given, and I did the same thing every day for three months. Oh, yeah, it was fucking grim. I hated lockdown. Absolutely hated it. See, Just, this is the thing. Sorry, Max, you're gone. No, it's, I, I had finished. Okay. This is the thing. I think we were quite fortunate, me, Sharon, and, and the girls. There was hardships to it. My eldest daughter lived elsewhere, so I didn't see her properly for a long time. Uh, my son lived with his girlfriend during lockdown, so we didn't see him properly for a long time. And obviously we're not seeing my sister, who I'm very close with, my mum and dad, my, my in-laws and so on. But I was in quite a bad place with regards to the job I had. It made me ill, effectively. Um, it got shut down. We all got laid off because of because of covid and so on so that was me out of work and it was the first time that i really sort of for want of a better phrase got better from that without having that pressure and stress from that particular role it was literally me sharon and the two youngest in the house and i'll be honest with you it was lovely it was for, for me it was lovely because i was at home with my wife and my two obviously i want my other kids around as well but circumstances dictated that wasn't functional but it, it was it was lovely because I was out of that stressful situation, and then at home with, with Sharon, my two youngest, for so long, it was it was a complete you know like that change of atmosphere yeah. for me. So that worked out well for me, but I understand for so many other people, it was just absolutely horrific. You know, yeah. I mean that's a really positive way to look at it. It's almost like a, a mental health reset for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's really 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 positive. Uh, back to the chat. Uh, Sharon says Lib's immune system is shot oh, to poop, yeah. but then she was always the COVID giver. Yeah, it's it's genuinely killed. Me. I have no immune system now because mm. of COVID. It's ridiculous. Uh, Sharon Lib was says, our patient zero, weren't she? 
<laughs> just every time you thought you got rid of it, she'd be like, ta-da, I'm ill yeah. again. Well, again, though, this is how weird it was. I've, I've said before on the show, so I don't want to go over it too many times, but Liv had COVID three times. <laughs> three times she bought it in the house. On each occasion, Charlie, who shared a bedroom with her, didn't catch it. That's mental. So strange. Yeah. And it's not like our house is big enough to avoid people. It's, I keep saying our house is, is, is very, very small. But Charlie, yeah, I don't know if she was immune or, or what, but she never got it. Touch words, you know? She may have just been uh, asymptomatic where she she got it, but she had no symptoms of it. Well, no, because it would still show up on a test, wouldn't it? She was positive. Yeah, as it would, yeah, yeah. And we were all testing a great deal. You know, we even went down to one of these test centres that was like a scene from the fucking X-Files. That was horrific, you know, but it was what it was, wasn't it, so... Yeah. Um, Sharon says her your Christmas bird is specially ordered from the butcher. It is. And then she says cabbage and bacon isn't traditional for others, but it is for us. Bacon oh. bacon on a on a on a roast dinner. It's just it's cut up and fried with it. the bacon and the uh, the cabbage are fried together. Oh like, yeah. Oh, so yeah, it, I get that. I like lardons. Like what? Like little bits of bacon is chopped chop really fine to mix it with something. It's called lardons. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It is. Not with a H. There isn't a oh, silent H it. on the beginning of that. It's that's what I thought L. you said. Lardon. That's what I thought you said. It's like, oh, bacon. Oh, like hardons. I was like, what are you on about? Oh, definitely <laughs> lardons. Uh, bacon, <laughs> whole... <laughs> bacon with Brussels sprouts is apparently nice, but. Yeah. Brussels yeah. sprouts, I will never ever agree with that vegetable. Air fryer, mate. No, no <laughs> deal. Um, Sharon says she hasn't got bread sauce yet. So you might not be getting it. Oh, oh, I'd probably be okay with it, to be fair. Just extra cranberry. That's yeah. all you need. And yeah. Sharon says, not going to lie, she loved lockdown. And then Sharon says, yes, sir, it is. There we go. Um, or is it? Well, Simon also said Eddie didn't have the same moves. Was Eddie in? Eddie what from Street Fighter. I'm He's assuming. Street Fighter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Street, the people in Street Fighter had different moves. <laughs> Punches and kicks, no matter how you're, how you're um, dressing up, are always going to be basically the same. No, so, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Right. The little green dude, Blanca, was it, on Street Fighter? Yeah. Right. If you press the punch button with him, he'd go out of his fucking claws and be like, rah, you know? But if you press the same punch button with Guile or Ken, they do like a punch. Oh, yeah. Fair. Right. On, on Mortal Kombat, you press the punch button with um, Sub Zero, it was exactly the same punch as the. They're all the humanoid style characters, though. Yeah, but they're all. It was all incredibly similar, wasn't it? That first Mortal Kombat. Oh, no, no, not at all. No. It was groundbreaking. No, again, it looked amazing. We had it, we had it on the arcade machine at the the Leisure Centre, and I thought it looked amazing. But I'm gonna have to try and I'm gonna have to try and look it up. I might be completely wrong. My memory's not the greatest, as we know. So yeah, I don't think Sharon's memory's the greatest as well. She's put Eddie from Mortal Kombat. From Mortal he Kombat, was okay. the street dancer. No, that's definitely Eddie Eddie Gordo. That's from Tekken. Tekken. Yeah. Okay. See, Tekken was like the next one along as well, wasn't it? After Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. That one came along a bit later, didn't it? That was the 3D era. That's right. when games moved into the 3D. Yeah, she's totally 
out of the conversation now. That's a totally different kettle of fish. See, Tekken, I remember people... I think my brother had Tekken. I remember watching him play it and thinking, that looks amazing, but not one time ago because I, by that point, I, was, I, I wasn't computer-orientated anymore. I, I, was, I was done, you know? Yeah, I mean, I preferred the 2D fighting games. When yeah. it got into 3D, it wasn't really for me. Yeah. Street Fighter 2 Turbo, that's the best. Uh, <laughs> if we, I prefer Mortal Kombat, but in terms of Street Fighter games, I think the Alpha, Alpha games are so much better than the, the original Street Fighter ones. Alpha? Yeah, Street Fighter Alpha. I don't know what that is. Doesn't matter. It's just the, the <laughs> 2D, they're the same kind okay. of 2D graphics, but just a bigger rosters, a lot better moves, better combos, faster, a lot faster. So, oh, I don't want it faster, Maxi. Oh, no. I don't want it faster. I can't keep up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You want it slow, uh, like the original Street Fighter. I had Street Fighter 1 on the Spectrum. Jesus, that was a horrid game. It was I'm surprised. Terrible. I'm surprised it got a sequel after that game because that was dog shit. It was really bad. And if you got the, your opponent in the corner, and then obviously the spectrum, you only had like you know a couple of buttons or, or the joystick, didn't you? Like one button, and you know, mm-hmm. if you got your opponent in the corner, crouched down and used like the low kick button, you'd kick them. They fly in the air. They'd land. You kick them again. They fly in the air. They'd land. They couldn't get out of it, and you'd win every fight. The only yeah. downside was every time you won a fight you'd have to press play on the tape deck to load the next opponent on the spectrum because it was so old school computing was horrific. Yeah, it wasn't. Oh, my dad went up in the attic the other day and found loads of old toys and pictures and all sorts. So next time I go around there, I'm going to see if the spectrum's up there. And bring it home and live stream. You're playing on your spectrum. Yeah. Jet set Willie, mate. Brilliant game. Manic manner. Yeah, that's it. Oh, so good. So good. You but can play anyway. on a computer now, anyway. You can literally play them in your browser. Yeah, you said to me about this. But I, I, I don't think I would now play Jet Set Willy again because I found out in recent years... No, I found out in recent years that you can't you can't complete it. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But you never so did spent, anyway, so it doesn't really matter. No, I spent hours playing that game, man. And I, I felt I feel robbed now. The fact that you never completed it wasn't your fault because you were shit at it. It was definitely because you couldn't actually complete it. Yeah, this is it. Little white, little white stick man, do 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 walk along like that. It was great. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't well, great. Let's be honest. You look back, it was shit. But it was <laughs> at the time. It was amazing. It was, yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. Oh, uh, so that's all caught up with in the chat, Maxi. I suppose we uh we better talk a bit of wrestling. I suppose, haven't we? Let's do it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! I won a poll. Yes, I did. I yes, I You're did. You're on a bit of a run with this. What, two in a row, isn't it, I think? Is it two, three, maybe, yeah. I think? No, it feels like more because we missed a week eight. That, that is true, yeah. Yes, but I want a poll with another TNA match. TNA, Victory Road, the main event. Mick Foley taking on Kurt Angle for the TNA World Heavyweight title from 2009. Um, Interesting story going into this, I think. 
with regards to the main event mafia mick foley was the executive shareholder which is basically the commissioner and, I suppose, yeah essentially it? commissioner yes and he was the world champion at the same time but was doing that role as a baby face which is a little bit backwards i think to how things are normally done in wrestling yeah. but it works it's mick foley um he lost the title to kurt angle uh, at the previous pay-per-view said he wanted to have his rematch kurt angle said there's something in his contract that says he chooses his next opponent so they kind of bargained against each other didn't they and, and you know, you know, bartered back and forth and for foley to get his rematch for the world title Foley had to put the rest of the main event mafia in matches against the other champions in TNA. Yeah. So effectively before the main event started, the main event mafia, the likes of Booker T, Scott Steiner, Kevin Nash, and so on picked up all of the gold in TNA, didn't they? Which I love that. Mm -hmm. I love seeing a stable with all of the championships. It's great. Yeah, just, just dominating the, the yes. whole of the company. Um, it works sometimes. I think uh, in recent times when uh, Undisputed Era dominated NXT, it kind of worked. But this just felt... It felt like a lot of wrestlers not willing to give up their spots. Yes. The fact that was kind that of the gimmick, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I get it. But it, the TNA at this time had a wealth of young, hungry stars in the making i mean they had some really talented wrestlers and then putting all of the titles on the old guard just felt like a, a slap in the face mm. to, to those younger wrestlers who were were making a name for for themselves in tna just it felt a bit a bit like wrestlers using their stroke to 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 keep their spots yeah i mean ultimately I feel again with similar to how we looked at something from TNA uh, in a previous episode, we're looking at kind of the middle of something here. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm, again, you know, Dan Griffin's uh, Scottish Danny and so on, our, our TNA fans, they'll probably let us know. But I feel that this was being set up for the, the younger guys, the TNA originals, get as they the call them to go on and get the Yeah. Eventually. But that's what I would hope. But, yeah. quite possibly the way wrestling works they might not actually get that to happen um the only issue i've got is that the tna originals we're getting it billed by mike today on commentary as mick foley is representing the tna originals here but he's of a very similar ilk to the main event mafia with regards to stature former companies that he's worked for and age isn't he uh if anything he was the least original of all the participants because I think he'd only been in the company nine months at this point. Right, okay. Um, so he was less original than the actual main event mafia, um, <laughs> which is very, very ironic. Do you remember, it's a little bit of a sidestep, do you remember AJ Styles going all dark and scary in TNA? Um, vaguely. I vaguely remember it. He's not a natural heel, I don't no. know. No, which is which is very ironic considering he's just turned heel on SmackDown this week. Oh, I see. I didn't see that. I watched the Punk bits from SmackDown, but he uh, turned on LA Knight. I think it was. Uh, so that's what they're going to be doing at Mania, then I'm assuming. Yeah, because seeing Punk coming back means LA Knight won't be in the title picture. So you've got to give fair him enough. something to do. Yeah, that's fair enough. Looking forward to Punk Rollins at WrestleMania, mate. After Punk wins the Rumble. Oh yeah. 
I think that that's the logical way to go. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is in at the six sided ring. And I've watched a lot of TNA back in the day. I've watched a lot of TNA since for some reason, I don't know if it's cause it's Mick Foley in there, but for some reason, this looked weird to me for the first time. The six sided ring looked strange to me. Okay. And normally it doesn't bother me at all. I don't know if it was because it was Foley in there and I'm not used to seeing Foley in a TNA ring or I don't remember much of the time in TNA. I don't know, but it just felt a bit strange to me. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I always, I always liked the uniqueness of TNA six sided ring thought it brought something new to the product. Uh, yeah, I can, I can understand if, if you've seen a wrestler who you've predominantly seen in, in a four sided ring for the last 20 odd years, Mm. Yeah, it can look a bit jarring to see him in a six-sided ring, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I love the six-sided ring, don't get me wrong. But on this occasion, it just, I don't know if it, whether the camera angle was a bit different or it just didn't feel the same for some reason. I don't know what it was, but yeah. there we go. Um, Kurt here. He doesn't yes. look the best, does he? He's So they build him as 240 pounds. No chance. He... He looked like a cruiserweight. He looked this yeah. he's lost all his muscle mass. He he's got no chest whatsoever now. It's no. he's literally got a chest like Kofi Kingston. It's like mm-hmm. he's caved in. His face is all drawn in. He looks like he's definitely struggling with with some sort of demons in the in this mm. match. And we spoke about Kurt Angle. And his issues in the past. And Kurt's been very open about them on his own podcast and interviews and so on himself. But we spoke about that time in his career in the past here on the show. And I've never really noticed it affecting him in the ring. Sorry, excuse me. I've never really noticed it in the ring affecting him. It, it affects how he looks and it affects, especially his eyes. I think sometimes he's looked, he looks zoned out at times in this match. I don't think we're seeing the best of Kurt Angle here. So oh, is no, he being affected? Not. Is he being affected here a little bit, Magsy? Is, um, is are those, are those issues coming into play in ring here? Maybe. I'd, it's hard to say. Um, I don't think Kurt was the biggest let down in this match. I think for me, he he was doing he was doing the best with what he had in there. This to me uh was proof that Fawley his time as a main event wrestler was done. Yeah. Um I mean to to jump ahead a little bit, I felt that this match was very slow very mm-hmm. plodding and to say we've spoke about Kurt um uh, earlier in the show waxing lyrical about how he can um he can fight any style of wrestling he can keep up uh pace with with the best I mean he went he did the the hour mat uh the hour long um uh Iron Man match with with uh, Brock Lesnar and that pace was phenomenal this felt like they were they were stuck in first gear all the way through the match, there's, mm. th- there was no point where the pace picked up and the two uh, wrestlers looked like they were um, looked like they were uh, as good as they've been in decades past. This felt slow and plodding, 
And I can understand Angle being partly to blame with that, for that, but I certainly think a lot of the blame was that Foley was just past it at this time. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, you mentioned there about it being quite slow, and that, that's literally the first note I've got. It's a slow start. Um, Angle goes to the outside quite a bit as well, walks around the ring. It's the stalling tactic of the heel champion, isn't it? Which I, I quite enjoy. Ric Flair was a master of this back in the 80s. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, we it's the typical mid-80s uh, main event match. You get a couple of lock-ups, uh, and the, the the face will uh, beat the heel to the punch who then goes outside to get a, a refresh air and stalling. It starts like a, a typical uh, mid-80s main event match. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Mick Foley applies a front face lock early on as well. I'm not trying to belittle Foley here, but when Ric Flair once referenced him as not a wrestler, more of a stuntman, I don't go as far as what Flair said in my own thoughts on McFoley, but I can see how he got to that, you know, mm-hmm. that declaration, I guess, that, that insult he threw Foley's way. Yeah. So when you see Foley pulling out, I mean, in this match, he pulls out a couple of Fujiwara arm bars, a couple of front face locks and so on. It's not stuff that I'm used to seeing from McFoley, really, which is, you know, quite interesting in seeing something different, but at the same time, it, it, it did slow things down again, didn't it, Magsy? It it stood out like a sore thumb. Um, and being in the ring with someone as technically proficient as, as Kurt, it did show that, that Foley was essentially a brawl-style wrestler. Yeah. And that that Kurt, w- in, in terms of uh, wrestling knowledge, would, would wrestle absolute rings around Foley. Hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, we do eventually get both of them on the outside, and we have a bit of a fight there. And as Kurt Angle's coming back into the ring, Foley hits a leg drop across the back of his neck. And, and we then start having Foley work the neck and, and so mm-hmm. on and the arm because of these issues that Angle has with his neck. And he spoke in a pre-match interview about seeing Kurt having pins and needles in his hands and so on. And we know that these these things did happen to Angle. So I like the way they're bringing real life into the story here. Yeah. But again, it's almost a little bit heel like from Foley, who's supposed to be the baby face here. And we do get quite a few Kurt Angle chants from the, from the TNA crowd as well. Don't we during this match? And they're supposed to be the big evil heel faction mags, aren't they? Yeah. uh, I think that this was probably more the fact that, that Foley wasn't a TNA original, that he'd only been in the company nine months and he'd been mm. strong-armed into the main event scene. Uh, I think a lot of TNA fans were perhaps not best pleased with, with that. Um, and and he, he Foley was the reason why this match was so slow-paced. So I think it's a lot of maybe frustration uh, on, on the part of TNA fans. Um, and... It's hard to genuinely hate Kurt Angle, no matter um, who his opponent is, because he's so damn good. Watching him uh, as a neutral, you cannot help but be impressed by him. So it is hard for him to be a genuine dad-in-the-wool shithead heel, I suppose. Mm. Uh, And especially when this opponent is not exactly the, the biggest face in the world. Yeah, totally. It's almost like the flair factor, isn't it, of 89, where yeah. flair was so good 
he was wrestling as a heel against Steamboat. By the time that trilogy was o- trilogy, sorry, was over, he was a babyface because he was so good. Yeah, it's that kind exactly. of similar yeah. sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Crangle uh, does take control here, though. After he goes after the eyes again, a, a very Ric Flair kind of thing, I guess. Yeah, um, Rick. Yep, and he's in control for a short period. It's very punchy, kicky from Kurt, though, isn't it? It's yeah. nothing too spectacular. I mean, he does tease a German suplex at one point, doesn't actually go for it. Um, before Mick Foley slingshots Kurt Angle over the top rope, he takes a bit of an awkward looking bump. Foley teases a pile driver on the outside before getting backdropped onto the steel steps. Now, Paul has been, to take the st- stairs shot. You know, always. He's like every match, he has to attack the stairs. Always. And he gets his head run into them a couple of times as well. Now, obviously, I watched this on YouTube because the whole event is available f- for free on YouTube. Yeah. But my sound on the video wasn't synced perfectly with the footage, with the image. Okay. I wonder if this took a little bit away for me from what I was watching because the 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 shot into the steps, the slingshot. Uh, sorry, the the back body drop, and then the the, the two times Foley's head got rammed into the steps. The noise didn't sync up with what I was seeing, so it didn't seem as as dramatic or as as bad. I suppose as they were trying to get across, Maxi. To okay. me, uh, the sound seemed in sync on man. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe that was just a. Um, like you said, you, you, you're seeing the action and then the, I'm assuming the sound came later on. Yeah, 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 like a second yeah, or so. That, yeah, that would be very... Yeah, it'd take you out of the out mm. of the, the story, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Mick Foley in the ring. Again, we mentioned the Fujiwara armbar he goes for. This gets countered into an ankle lock. Uh, but this part thinking, was a brilliant counter. Oh, yes. Really yeah. good counter by Kurt Angle. And at this point, I'm thinking, okay, he's going for the ankle lock already. And then, you know, Foley gets out of this. And then Kurt goes for the, the beautiful top rope moonsault he does. I'm thinking, are we are we racing towards the finish already here? Yeah. I mean, I would have probably been happy if they did. Um, that, that uh, like I said, that reversal into the ankle lock was sublime. And then Foley absolutely ruins it with the weakest rollout of the the ankle lock mm. in history. It's so bad that you can see that Kurt is doing pretty much all of the work of, of kicking out of, of Foley kicking out of that uh that ankle lock. It just Foley was just so disappointed in this match. Yeah. Um and then like I said the, we get the um the the gorgeous uh moonsault which uh unfortunately doesn't doesn't land um and then we go to mr Socko. he hits the double arm ddt as well doesn't he yeah that was his finish as well for a two count then Socko comes out i i've never got on with Socko, mate i've never i i like Socko as a comedy character as a, a wrestling move in a match it it's senseless. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll even go as far as to say I prefer the Cobra from, from Morella. To the Cobra from Cobra is amazing. Yeah. Especially when it was hypnotized by Jinder Mahal and the great Carly. Oh, it was that such was bollocks, but it was brilliant bollocks, wasn't it? And, <laughs> and the only way to escape it was to have the Cobra by Santino Morella. It's amazing. Yeah. I love the Cobra. <laughs> 
Um, sadly, Socko isn't the only silliness we see now because we are very quickly racing towards the finish. We get a ref bump. Mm-hmm. And the ref, the ref tumbles to the floor like he's been, uh, you know, picked I'm off shocked. by a sniper. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, we get an angle slam, and then the ref wakes up again like nothing's happened. There was no selling from the referee. He's up like lightning to go and count the angle slam. Gets to two. Foley kicks out. To not a great reaction. I don't. Again, my sound wasn't completely well synced, but I don't think the crowd. No. It was. I think the crowd. Yeah, I don't think they're buying the near falls, Magsy, are they? No. No, they've they've quickly learned that this match is uh is not as good as it probably would have been ten years previously. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Kurt Angle then elbow drops the referee. <laughs> Poor ref, so just about recovering from from being bumped into by by Foley and and then gets an elbow drop for his trouble. That's disqualification, surely, to God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I thought. When he came round, surely he's just going to DQ him. But yeah. obviously not. Uh, Kurt goes and grabs a chair from the outside, gets into the ring, but gets hit with a mandible claw. Um, Kurt Angle then falls to the outside again here, Maxi, doesn't he? Is that correct? Yeah, uh, he's forced towards the ropes, and yeah, he, he ends up falling to the, uh, to the uh, outside. And it looks like he bangs his elbow like really... Roughly mm. on the apron. And then that's when we get Mick Foley doing the elbow drop from the apron to the floor, which is a throwback to the previous pay-per-view when Foley yeah. hit a big elbow drop and affected Kurt. So it, they've sort of foreshadowed that a little bit in the pre-match interviews. Um, Mick Foley then, uh, we get a two count from that when he actually rolls Angle back into the ring. And then Mick Foley applies a weird kind of mandible claw stroke million dollar dream stroke leg scissors submission effort it, it looked unique yeah yeah it I mind kind it. of it almost kind of looked like um a Shayna Baszler um Fujiwara um Loco or whatever her finishing moves called but with an added mandible claw mm. yeah it was all right yeah probably the best thing Foley did in the match to be fair yeah it, it, it was you're right yeah, uh, this ends up you know getting scruffily countered and, and maneuvered out of before. I think, I think I think Angle literally just punches his way out of it. Yeah, yeah, and slaps on the ankle lock, slap on the ankle lock. Yeah, yeah. Um, Foley gets to the ropes just about before Angle slaps it on again, and this time he drops to the floor, great bones the leg, and so on. <laughs> and Foley has to take Mister Socko off his hand to show that he's tapping out. Yeah. And I was, oh, that's it then. Okay. And that was it. The main event mafia come down, celebrate with all their titles as Foley lies in the ring, looking sorry for himself. And the, that's the end of the, the end of the show. Yeah. They don't even, they don't even lay the boot in like a normal heel faction would. They're just crowing about winning all of the gold and Mm. Foley just looks like a shell of the wrestler that he used to be. Yeah. Out of 10, Magsy, what are you thinking? This was gash. Not going to lie. <laughs> this was absolute gash. Um, you have a, a, a clearly impaired angle, mm-hmm. and he's still able to wrestle rings around uh, Mick Fowler. This um, Mick Fowler in matches of this caliber, it just looks sad. Yeah. It, it 
it looks like a wrestler who just can't let go of his of his glory days. Now, I'm not for any uh, stretch of the imagination saying Mick Foley is one of those guys. I don't believe he is for, for a minute. But he was well past his prime. He was he he looked like an old old man trying to relive his youth. Um, mm. So yeah, this match was just it was just sad. It was just sad to watch. Um, but it had Kurt Angle in, and Kurt Angle was fucking brilliant. So I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a three. I think a three. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I, I've got a little bit higher. Um, a couple of moments in it, I didn't. The the, the, the moon salt from Kurt Angle is fantastic. You know, uh, the counter into the ankle lot was fantastic. The weird submission thing that Foley did was quite unique and interesting. In a weird way, the fact it didn't go on too long was a positive for it because I don't think I could have watched that. that but I, I was, I was hoping for a finish for about five minutes before it actually happened. Right. <laughs> um, I've gone five with this. You have been very generous there. You think? Yeah. Okay. See, I, I don't think I would go back and watch it again. And it was pretty crap, but it wasn't the worst thing we've watched by a long stretch of the imagination. So. It, it's close for me. It's close. Just because I know how how much better both of these can be. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Like Stanner and Booker, it was always going to be dog shit, no matter the stipulation. <laughs> um, but this, this should have been better. Should have oh. been a lot better. I wonder if they've had any other matches that are better. They must have somewhere. Oh, that's a, an interesting thing to look at. Um, let's have a, I'm going to just check cage match, I think. Okay. I, I, they must have. I mean, they were in WWE at the same time. They had a crossover there, didn't they? Um, obviously, they're in TNA here. There must have been a crossover. They wrestled at at least one more occasion that's better than this. Um, yeah, they, they must have. But I'm just on cage match now. I've just got Kurt Angle in. Let's have a look. Uh, Mick Foley. Wow. So it looks like they've wrestled in the same match 17 times, or they've been involved in the same match 17 times. Um, no no WWE matches. Oh, so okay. They, uh, they were involved at um, uh, Unforgiven 2000 when Mick Foley was the ref for Triple H versus Kurt Angle. Ah, they were in the Rumble together in uh, 2004. Um, Mick Foley was then... The, the referee again when Kurt Angle faced Cena on Raw and then it was 2008 Bound for Glory it was the special enforcer three times in a row um, four sorry four times in a row so the first four, time they actually four times the first time they were involved in a non uh, Royal Rumble match as opponents or uh, it was 2009 Jeff Jarrett Mick Foley beat Kurt Angle and Sting Jesus okay. That's crazy, isn't it? Because two two guys who are probably in the same, roughly the same area of the card with both companies, with all the companies they've worked in, they yeah. had plenty of crossover time in different companies, and they are not really faced off against each other at all. That's just, quite crazy. Just in TNA, they've just yeah. fought each other in TNA. That's it. Oh, okay. 
Uh, Magsy, where would you like to go next week? Well, well uh, next week, next year, shall we say? <laughs> I, I felt sad watching this, and um, I know that Kurt Angle can do so much better. So the link for me is Kurt Angle, um, and that's nice. I, nice. Look, I looked on um, Cage Match, and uh, some of his best matches uh, we've ever covered or they involve a certain uh, murder-suicider. Um, yeah. So we try and avoid those. But there is a few out there that um, that are still amazing matches that we haven't even had a sniff at. Um, now, did you know Kurt Angle's never had a five-star match in the Dave Meltzer wanky rankings? It's because Dave Meltzer's a fucking melt. He's had a lot of four... Uh, at four plus star matches, though, uh, and one of them is one we have not covered at all. It's so I'm edge. sorry on that. On that, so I'm really sorry, Maxie, but on that topic, how the fuck is Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 21 not a five star match? Fuck you, Meltzer. It's four and three quarters, so he's got four, three, four and three quarters matches. Kurt Angle versus Michaels. Um, Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle and uh, Benoit and Kurt Angle versus Edge and Rey Mysterio are all three and a three quarter match. Okay. Um, three and three quarters, uh, four and three quarter star matches. Um, but I want to go down his uh, his list a little bit uh, to a four and a half star match. Okay. Uh, this was uh, Judgment Day 2002. You think you know me? Uh, it was Edge versus Kurt Angle in a hair versus hair and the reason i want i went to this match is because it it leads to some of the best Hair-based comedy angles in the history of wrestling. With the ear protectors and the yes. oh and yeah, the it's so good. It's so funny. And if that wins, we'll, we'll cover some of those as well. I expect no doubt because it is just comedy gold. Oh man, oh that's an angle with hair. My, I bet will look so strange when we see him. Well, his hair in this match, in this falling match, he looked. It's like old man hair. He's mm. clearly going bold, but he's got the Freya tuck like part growing around. Yeah, it's either with Kurt hair or bold. Don't go in between. <laughs> oh, that's a great shot, Max. I've not seen that in years either. That's a great shot. I know. It's such a good match. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Um, I do have to put something up against it though, and I looked down the card here to see who else was wrestling uh, on on this particular pay or who else was involved or just you know ringside or anything like that on this particular TNA pay per view. My eyes were straight away drawn to Velvet Sky, of course, but we're, we're a wrestling podcast, so you know probably best skirting away from that. Uh, and I noticed the name Magnus, who we now know as Nick Aldis. Mm-hmm. And Magnus was part of the British Invasion or it whatever was. they were called with Rob Terry and and so on, wrestling in a tag team match here. And I, I thought, well, we, we've not really seen anything from Nick Aldis or Magnus, to my knowledge. There must be something we can talk about there. And my mind straight away went to the NWA world title, because I think he ended up 
restoring a little bit of prestige. Yeah, he He carried that that 10 pounds of gold title belt, the suits, the way he carried himself. He felt like a proper NWA champion, like an an 80s NWA champion. He was really good in that role. Uh, I would like to see if the vote goes my way. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Nick Aldis taking on Cody Rhodes at the All In pay-per-view from September the 1st, 2018, which obviously then went on to kick off AEW and so on. Because All In has popped up in quite a few conversations for me recently. I mean, partially on this show and then on other shows as well and then talking to the wife as well. In that, I bet, I've not seen it since the day it aired. That pay-per-view. Yeah, not I've, I've, seen, I've seen separate matches since, but I haven't right. watched the pay-per-view all the way through since. I'd like to go. I mean, this is the match I'm picking for for next week if it wins. But I also think it'd be really interesting just to scan scan through the card, see who was involved in that pay per view, where they've ended up now, and so on. I mean, that could be quite an interesting way to look at it. But also, it, it's I remember it being a good old school or NWA style match yeah, in 2018. With, so with one part of it, which sticks out like a sofa mess Jesus that's rough I don't remember that what's that the corded blading which needed it needed everybody to come out from from the back because he literally just couldn't blade he was underneath I think a table at one time uh, and he he just couldn't do it at all yeah okay again so interesting to talk about so that's what I'm putting forward mate the NWA world title match from All In uh, Nick Aldis versus Cody Rhodes or the other option is of course Hair versus Hair Angle versus Edge Judgment Day 2002 uh, make sure you are voting and retweeting the poll later in the week on our Twitter account or X or whatever it's bloody well called now um, and, and then that will decide where we head to on our next episode of Chain Wrestling Live Mags yep absolutely Awesome stuff. Shall we have a quick look to see if anything has been put in the chat before we discuss a little bit about somebody telling some porky pies? Okay, but there is a there's only been two, and it's by your good lady, um, Sharon. She says, uh, "Oh, my vote is for Sai on this one," and then she says, "I know that Dan's is too." So <laughs> it looks like I've- we're getting that match. She's uh she's been uh, sarcastic with the Dan comment because he hates Cody, doesn't he? He, he hates does, Cody. Yeah, Sharon does. Sharon takes great joy in sending him Cody Rhodes gifts quite often. Just winding him up. Yeah, she just loves winding him up. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Are we going for some Hogan news? Yes, now? let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, brother. Liar, liar, pants on fire, hanging from a telephone wire, squirming, squirming, pants are burning when I lie, my hips start turning. Wow, that's unbelievable. Look, man, I made a mistake. That was an okay, awkward that, silence. That was. But you did that thing where you sort of go, you obviously don't know this because you, you won't be seeing it, but whenever you're about to press a button to do something, you sort of do a thing where your head goes down a little bit. Okay. So that's what I you did. Then. I was, I was, I forgot to load up my uh, my uh, word document with all my Hogan lies on it. Uh. <laughs> that's what it was. So I was quickly and quite sneakily loading it up. Uh, so thank you for calling me out on that. Anyway, <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> this this week's 
Billy bullshit from Hulk Hogan was that he once claimed that he was blackballed from Hollywood because he turned down a gay producer's advances in the 1980s, but then was also in some quite big movies in the 1990s. So that doesn't kind of ring true, Mr. Hulk Hogan. You sit on a throne of lies. No. Oh, he's such a knobhead. He's such a knobhead. Dear me. But this week, we've actually got a a Brucey bonus, Hulk Hogan lie, and this was uh, submitted by our good friend King Pig's Bladders. Max, he's coughing his guts up again. Nearly made it all the way through the show. Got a bit of a cough at the beginning, but it's coming back now, Max, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, It's just... COVID, I hate it. It's just <laughs> grim. Anyway, um, this may not be quite true, uh, but I love the way that uh, King Pig's Bad has, has expanded on it. So Hogan uh, has, has said recently um, that uh, when when he was asked about modern wrestlers, his, his, his comments were, you've got guys now that look like they should be bagging my groceries. Yeah. So... Um, Photoshop wizard King Panda, uh, King uh, Pig Panthers, as he as he tends to do, has got a picture of a of of said um, grocery bagger. He's put on a, a very old school picture of, uh, of Hulk Hogan's face on this uh, on this uh, character with the comb over hairstyle and everything, and he's put whilst juggling avocados in a cereal box. A 15-year-old Hulk Hogan realized humanity needed a hero, and he became the first ever grocery bagger. Word spread, and soon every checkout line hummed with his bagging wisdom. His mantra mantra was, bananas don't cuddle with canned beans. (laughs) That's amazing. Thank you very much, uh, King Pig's Banners. Just absolutely made me laugh out loud when, uh, when I saw it. Yeah, he, he does some great stuff, doesn't he? Absolutely brilliant. He does. Uh, Magsy, I suppose that's it for this week, my friend. That's it for this week. And I think potentially, maybe, for this year. I want to wish every member of the CWF, whether new or old, anyone who's ever listened or watched any of our absolute trap, uh, whatever holiday uh, you uh, prescribe to, whether it be Christmas, Hanukkah, Gavala, Festivus, whichever one of them. Um, I hope you have a great time over the next couple of weeks. And if you don't see us over uh, over over the, the holiday period, um, hurry back over New Year uh, because you guys have made our year amazing. And hopefully that'll carry on well into 2024 and beyond. Where can people find you online, my friend? Um, at TikTok. Pod, pod, farver, pod Farmer Mags, uh, where you'll get regular updates about my, my chickens, who definitely will not be eaten at my table over this Christmas period. Uh, or on Twitter, at Pod Farmer Mags, where I will in, uh, usually ghost you until uh, weeks afterwards, and then the message that you sent me would be probably irrelevant. <laughs> brilliant stuff uh, uh, you can find anything I'm involved in via the network that carries this show at SJP World Media on Facebook Twitter Instagram 
and then all the usual places that carry podcasts, you know, Spotify, Apple, all that great stuff there. Uh, and th- this show itself, you can find and follow on Facebook and Twitter at chain underscore wrestling. And Twitter's where you need to be, really, because that's where the non-wrestling topic does get posted. I'm trying to be a bit more active on the Facebook, but, you know, I'm shit, let's be honest. So it doesn't always happen. But the poll is always going to be on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. So make sure you're chucking us a follow there at chain underscore wrestling there. Oh, Bagsy, we're finishing finishing roughly nine minutes before the two hour mark. I'm going to get to bed early tonight. We've nailed it. We're so professional, aren't we? Barry Windham will get lumps of coal for Christmas. On a night, Tess makes <laughs> a great one. This is what he'll see. Wow. <laughs> 12 sharpshooters stinging, 11 eyebrows raising, 10 spines are busting, 9 noggins knocking, 8 kicks are kicking, 7 punches punching, 6 suplex smashing, 5 seconds of the people chanting The Rock's name! Four rock bottoms, three people's elbows on your two buck teeth, and a <laughs> kicking all over New Orleans.